we continue this evening to meditate upon the cross of Christ, I want to reflect on two verses, one of which we've already heard this evening from Matthew chapter 27, verse 50, and the other, which adds a little information to this from Luke 23, verse 46. In Matthew 27, verse 50, it says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And in Luke 23, 46, it says, Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Let us pray unto the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, I do ask that as we hear once again your word and hear Christ's cry as he yielded his spirit, that we would find the comfort that belongs to us. I pray that we would not be dull of heart and hearing, that we would not grow bored with Christ crucified, but that we would once again behold the glory of Christ and bow in worship to him. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke record that right before Jesus breathed his last on the cross, he cried out with a loud voice. Now, this was not his first loud cry as he hung upon the cruel tree. For only a few moments earlier, he had called in agony, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But those were not Jesus' last words, for he did not die in despair. He died in hope. That he cried out with a loud voice, reflects the decibels of his agony, for no man has ever suffered as Christ suffered in that hour. It also reflects the magnitude of his power, for he did not fade quietly into death. He charged triumphantly into death. But it also reflects that Jesus desired to be heard. For man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so even with his last breath, the God-man had food with which he desired the, to feed the souls that he was dying to save. So even in death, the eternal word of life provided words of eternal life. He died in hope, and he died declaring hope. If it was a cry then that was intended to be heard, what was it that he cried? 
Well, Matthew doesn't tell us. All he says is that with this loud cry, Jesus yielded up his spirit. John, in his gospel account, tells us a bit more, saying that as Jesus bowed his head and breathed his last, he gave up his spirit, declaring, it is finished. But this was not all Jesus cried as he yielded up his spirit. For Luke is the one who records the very last words Jesus spoke, which sailed to heaven ahead of him, carried along on his final breath. And with these last words, Jesus tells us to whom he was yielding his spirit, praying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. With his final words and breath, Jesus therefore teaches us three truths about his death. Namely, that Christ's death was an act of sovereign will, of yielding trust, and of unyielding love. So I'm just going to take a few moments with you this evening to meditate upon these three truths and glean from them the comfort which Christ's final cry speaks to you. So first, Christ's death was an act of sovereign will. You must understand that Jesus' death was voluntary. If you were to ask, why did Jesus die? The answer would be, Jesus died because he desired to die. Not because of some morbid, suicidal despair, but because of his desire to accomplish his purpose. You see, if Jesus didn't desire to die, death could not have touched him. We die because we are cursed by sin. Jesus died because he willingly came to bear the curse of sin for us. We die because we have no control over death. Jesus died because he had complete control over death. So when Jesus died, death was not claiming him. He was commanding death. Jesus, not death, had the power and authority in this situation. Death was not his sovereign. It was his servant. You'll notice Matthew says Jesus yielded his spirit, meaning his life. No one could take Jesus' life by conquering or compelling him. Only he could yield it freely and willingly. So who killed Jesus? The answer is Jesus killed Jesus through the hands of lawless men. Not by taking his life to relieve his suffering, but by giving his life to relieve our suffering. Jesus said, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. 
And as we've learned in the letter to the Hebrews on Sunday mornings, Jesus offered himself to God through the eternal spirit. Throughout his life, men hated Jesus. They plotted to kill Jesus. They even tried to stone Jesus. But no one could touch him until his determined hour had come. And even upon the cross, he died at the very moment he determined he would die. See, crucifixion was a very slow way to die. So slow that when Pilate hears Jesus is already dead, he's very surprised. But death could not claim Jesus a moment sooner, and it could not delay a moment longer than Jesus commanded. We succumb to death. Jesus sovereignly commanded death. Augustine once wrote, Who is there that thus departs when he pleases as he departed this life at his pleasure? How great the power to be hoped for or dreaded that must be his as judge if such was the power he exhibited as a dying man. Jesus died with confidence because Jesus died in command. Christ's death was an act of sovereign will. Second, Christ's death was an act of yielding trust. Jesus yielded his spirit in death, but he did not yield his spirit to death. As he died, he gave his life for men, but he did not give his life to men. He gave his life to God. Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. As Jesus often did, here he quotes from Psalms, specifically from Psalm 31, verse 5. Psalm 31 is another psalm of King David in which David cries out to God as a righteous sufferer, one who is surrounded by wicked adversaries who are speaking lies and hatred and who are seeking his life. But all the while, David entrusts himself to God as his refuge, as his fortress, as the one who will deliver him from his enemies. Because of this, Psalm 31 in Judaism became a common evening prayer in which the Jews would entrust their soul to God as they prepared for sleep. Jesus, therefore, as the righteous sufferer par excellence takes this psalm upon his lips as he comes to the night of life and prepares for the sleep of death. But as he does, he does not refer to God as David refers to God in Psalm 31. For David calls God Lord and faithful God, but Jesus, as he always does when he prays to God, calls upon him as Father. Actually, there's one time where Jesus prays to God and does not call him Father. And that's what you hear just a few verses earlier when Jesus quotes from Psalm 22 and cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
That cry reveals Jesus' anguish as he faces the full force of God's wrath against sin upon the cross, a sin that was not his own, but which he was bearing for his people. And it reveals an experience of separation that the God-man had not experienced before. The most painful separation he could have imagined. And so there is a greater sense of distance. And yet, as he died, he once again calls upon his God as his father. For he still trusts that his father loves him, knows him, hears him, and will answer him. So we see that in his death, the God-forsaken son remained a faithful son who had full faith in his father. And mysteriously, even as the father poured out his wrath upon his only begotten and beloved son, never was the father more pleased with his son than at that moment and more glad to hear his prayer and receive him into his hands. For as the son bore the sin of man, he was obeying the father. For his will was to do his father's will. He gave his life to save sinners because the father sent him to save sinners. This was the eternal plan of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now you and I would have raged against a father who had purposed that kind of suffering for us. But Jesus rested in the father who had predestined his cross. See, we don't think we can trust a God who would ordain suffering and death, but Jesus joyfully trusted his Father in suffering and death. In fact, the Father is the only one Jesus would trust in his suffering and death. For in giving his Spirit into the hands of the Father, he was giving his life into the hands of the one who is life and who would safely bring him through death. You see, that prayer, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, is a prayer for the Father to raise him. I give my life to you because you can give my life back. And so even when the Father forsook, forsook the Son in wrath, the Son placed his faith in the Father, and the Father did receive his Son in love. Christ's death was an act of yielding trust. But third, Christ's death was an act of unyielding love. Jesus died because he loved his father. And Jesus died because he loved his people. At what moment did Jesus yield his spirit? It was at the moment that he faced the full force of God's wrath and the full force of man's sinful cruelty. Men who had betrayed him, falsely condemned him, crucified him, and were mocking him at every step. Only unyielding love could keep him on that cross. Love for the Father, whose will was his delightful food, and love for his people, whose salvation was his joyful work. 
Never has the world witnessed the power of love as it did when Jesus hung upon the cross. It wasn't nails. It wasn't guards. It wasn't physical helplessness that kept Jesus on the tree. It was his unyielding love and commitment to his father and to his bride. The son would gladly die before he would ever disobey his father. And the bridegroom would gladly give himself up for his bride that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word and present her to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Christ's death was an act of unyielding love. What comfort then does Christ's final cry speak to you? Well, it comforts you as it reveals the character of your King, of your Lord and Savior. For what greater comfort is there in all the world than to be loved with that kind of love by one who has that kind of authority? How could you be more secure than to be securely gripped by the one who commands even death? And what stain of sin could possibly withstand the sanctifying power of his sacrificial blood? This also comforts you when you understand that when Jesus was entrusting his spirit into the Father's hands, he was entrusting the spirits of all his people into his father's hands. For Jesus had prayed earlier to the father, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. You see, from eternity, God had chosen his people who would belong to him. And so as the Father sent his Son into the world, he sent his Son giving him those eternally beloved children that Christ might live, that he might die, and that he might rise again for them, holding them. And as the Son died on the cross, therefore, he was returning those children into his father's care, having now washed them clean and set them free. You see, if you are in Christ by faith, that means you have been united to Christ by faith. So when he yields his spirit to the father, he yields your spirit to the father. See, in one sense, we think, well, I gave my life to Christ. No, Jesus gave your life to the Father. If you are in Christ by faith, then Jesus committed your spirit into the Father's hands. And that means that when you lie down to sleep every night, and when you prepare to lie down in death, you may pray with Christ, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And you may pray that knowing that the Father has already answered that prayer in Christ. For as I said, this prayer 
is a prayer to rise again in the safety of the Father's loving care. It is a prayer for resurrection. And the prayer of Good Friday was eternally answered on Easter Sunday. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do ask that you would not only hold us in life, but that you would hold us in death. That as we die, we would simply go into your hands, that you may raise us up again with Christ. Father, we thank you that Christ died and that we died with him. And we thank you that we get to come back on Sunday because you raised your son and you have promised to raise us with him. So like Jesus, may we die not in despair, but with hope. For we die united to Christ and therefore we are in your hands for all eternity. May you comfort us this evening with that truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.